You are listening to another episode of the Hey Social Babes podcast. My name is Brittany Megan, and I will be your host. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hey, social babes, welcome back to the podcast. I am super excited for today's episode. Today, we have Kara Granger, who is an entrepreneur, philanthropist, and serial entrepreneur. Kara has built multiple successful brands, and we are super excited to have her on the podcast today to talk about the secrets to building a successful brand. Hey, Kara, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward. <laughs> it's so awesome to have you. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. We are fangirling because I I just actually finished telling Kara that I have been following her for quite some time now. And I'm super excited to just dive deeper into your story and hear more about how you started as an entrepreneur. So why don't you tell us about yourself and how you got started in this journey? Okay, well, hello, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in today. So how I started out was the biggest thing I think I started with was taking the chance to move to Toronto when I was 20. I didn't have anything and I only knew one person here, but I just saw the big city as an opportunity to figure out who I was and really tap into the skill set that I knew I have. But I didn't feel that I was in the environment before where that would grow and seed. So I took some spiritual time and I said, I just have to restart and just go from zero and see what I can build. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but at least I tried. So I I, I made the move and I struggled for a bit. And I, I think the first few weeks I slept on my friend's floor because this place I was going to rent fell through. And, you know, it was definitely some humbling moments. And I started out modeling. I moved here initially because I thought, well, at least I could, you know, hopefully get signed out here because there is a bigger fashion industry. And I was always interested in that. And then within the first year, I actually met somebody who signed a contract for me out in China to do a business development contract for a big development company. That gave me the opportunity opportunity to have the work experience out there, understand the culture. And then while I was there, my thought was, let me see if there are products trending there that maybe I could bring back and introduce into Canada. So such as the selfie stick, that was something that became really big in China before it came to Canada. So that's where my head was at in that. I'd kind of use every opportunity that came my way to do five things. That's kind of how my mind worked. And I was still figuring out. And when I was there, I actually found manufacturing and I I decided one night, I said, I'm going to design my own clothing line because I had a, a concept. So my concept was to make elegant women's gowns, but only sold in white, black, and red. So nothing else. And they would be very elegant, very sexy, very classy. So such as if you were going to have a big leg slit, you're going to have the neckline go to your neck. So it emphasizes your body and your leg, but you know, maybe you have sleeves. So that was kind of my idea. And I wanted to have it available all year round. So if it's summer and you're like, I just want like a gorgeous black dress, where am I going to find that? It's out of season right now. So that was my first idea. And then within a year after that, I decided to start a men's bamboo t-shirt line because I thought, well, hey, I know so many great guys and I have a lot of friends. So why do I not have a product that I can offer to them? So I was constantly thinking like, who do you know? What can you develop? What's going to sell? And what's something unique that you can bring to the marketplace? So then I launched Luso Bamboo Menswear. So I created luxury bamboo men's t-shirts and I actually hired many manufacturers from downtown Toronto and I imported fabric from Montreal and pattern makers and then I've learned so much along the way because I had no idea what I was doing. 
I had no idea what a pattern was. I never went to school for fashion. Every single thing I did was just like, you know what? Like, let's just see if this works. And if it doesn't, whatever that amount of like the oops, like the, let's say the oops cost $2,000. Well, you, you can spend that on school or you can spend that on oops kind of experiences and you're going to learn that way as well. So that was kind of my thought for that. And then I actually had them selling underneath the Fairmont in a store. And then after that, I started Duchess Luxury. And so I thought to myself, I've always been wearing lashes since I was 16. And of course I've started out with the worst kinds possibles, the one that are the ones that are straight, that poke you in the eyes, that are really heavy, that <laughs> just no, we've all had a bad lash experience. I realized I had a connection who had best of the best quality uh, mink lashes. And so I thought I want this brand to be firstly developed and known for having the best high quality lashes. And then I can expand to other products. So then I launched that brand. I learned how to build my own Shopify store. I kind of pulled, you know, people in that I knew, you know, oh, I need this photographer. Well, luckily I have them because I know, you know, them from modeling or so on and so forth. So that was definitely one of my favorite ventures to launch. And I'm still so obsessed with, you know, the beauty and the makeup and understanding people's eye shapes and what what works for people's faces and it's just like exciting for me so that was like the short version of those brands that is so crazy and I want to say like one of the things that you just said that like hit me I was like oh my god that's so true is when you said like you could spend the two grand in school or you could spend it on an oop is I feel like a lot of the times like we don't think of things that way and like for somebody like myself I never liked school and I knew that I didn't want to go to college or university right from the beginning and just having that kind of mindset I feel like a lot of people would be like wow that makes sense actually so did you always know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur actually so very similar to that, I wasn't somebody who was passionate about my studies in school. It sounds bad, but when I would say, hey mom, like I got a C, like doesn't matter, I passed. So like, <laughs> right. I know not a good mentality, but it was kind of like, I feel like whatever I'm really interested in, I have this inner desire to go full throttle and try to make it, you know, something big or I really do put the time into something. But if it's something where someone's telling me you have to do this, because this is just how things are. And, and if I don't really connect to the reason why, then I'm just kind of like, there's just no passion and there's no reason of why I can, you know, put all my effort into it. So even in university, I went to school for hospitality and event planning right out of high school. I actually graduated early because I just was having so many issues at that time. I was like, I need to get out of here. And then even, even in university for that, I was, I actually tried to drop out. My uh, professor, she actually reverse psychology to me and said, you know what? you're probably too young for this program. I don't think you can make it anyway. You should probably just drop out. And because she said that, I was like, there's no way I am dropping out of this course. Now I'm gonna ace this course. So then when I moved to Toronto, when I decided like, hey, like you can really use the personable skills you've used over the years. And I don't know, just you just need to try harder in the areas of which you find are exciting. So then I actually paid for my own education and I went to University of Toronto, but I took night courses. So I took night courses for entrepreneurial management, brand management, Mandarin, and digital communications. It was during my early 20s where I thought I actually really want to be intelligent. I want to know as much as I can about business because I can actually use this now that I know what I'm what I'm interested in. But other than that, I was the same way and I didn't love it. And there was lots of times where I'm like, oh my God, like this is no good. But nowadays I love reading. I love educating myself. I love being in that percentage of like, I know exactly so much about this topic. And that to me is power. But when I was younger, I had no, no thought for that. <laughs> that is so crazy. And I feel like, you know, just starting one brand is hard enough. 
But like being able to juggle them all, I'm like sitting here and I'm like, how do you find the time to like plan new launches and to like do everything that you need to do? Like, do you have a team that works with you? Because I know that you said like you learned how to do your Shopify website on your own. So going back to my, I guess, perception about education or your time kind of thing, I thought, let's say if everyone says you need to have a bachelor's, I'm more about, okay, but what are you going to do with your bachelor's and can I get there? without having to do my bachelor's. You know what I mean? If you know right. someone who's gonna hire you for the job, do you need that necessary steps? So even with like every decision I've made, it's kind of been a little out there and, and wonky of just, I guess, not mainstream. So as far as even the Shopify store, I thought, do you wanna hire somebody for, let's say a thousand dollars? Or do you wanna teach yourself? Do you wanna make mistakes? Do you wanna actually learn the ins and outs of this so that you can build more, so that you can edit, so that you can do this? Because when you're bootstrapping as an entrepreneur, you really weigh out, you're like, is there a possibility of me learning to do this? Or do I really need to hire a professional? And that's kind of where I thought, and same with school. I didn't go back to university for full courses because I thought, I'm like, I need the time. I'll go to school at night from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. and I'll use my days to work for myself and do what I can. So there's certain times where I do hire out people for, for certain skill sets where I'm like, you're a phenomenal and I need this. So therefore I will definitely like, I need you. So this is, this is what I'll do. But for things where I'm like, actually, you know what, Kara, either we can put our time into getting to know the certain skill or not. <laughs> that is so crazy. I'm like mind boggled right now because I'm like, it, it's just so crazy because I know you have so much on your plate and you know, that kind of brings me into my next question, which is what really actually goes into building a brand from scratch in your opinion when you're doing everything yourself? Well, when you, yeah, when you're doing everything yourself, you do have to do a lot of soul searching on behalf of the brand because whatever product it is, whether it's this pen, whether it's this iPhone case cover thing that's you know pretty simple to, to actually make. You have to think like, what service are you providing? What is gonna make somebody want to buy this from you? What does your brand stand for? What are your values? You really kind of have to go down these lists of things to what is your ideal brand look like, feel like? Who are your ideal customers? Yes, I do ask myself a lot of questions. I do a little bit of research. For bigger companies that I have worked with, they do say, oh, you need to do all this market research and all this and all that. But I take everything with a grain of salt because I think that's what those people are saying, but I'm a completely different person than those people. So therefore, any information I take in, I filter it, I funnel it, and I say, what can I take from this? You know, sometimes I've made mistakes in that thing, in those areas of not following through with things. I'm like, oh, well, that was a step I maybe should have spent more time on. But I feel like it's worked the more that I don't compare myself to what's on the market or what's out there because so many great phenomenal products have already been created, but then you put them on an influencer or, or you create that brand for a very specific demographic people. And then all of a sudden you could become even much more successful than something very similar existing on the market. I think of each one with a different hat on. I think of my men's brand, when I'm posting on my men's Instagram, I think of I'm a guy. What do guys want to see? Like I completely take out Kara out of that. I, I take out the girliness of the other brands or, or, or everything, but you really have to put yourself in that mindset for when you are working on these brands and 
I feel like for myself, time management is really important to me. I'm very particular with my schedule. I'm very hard on myself. I'm like, okay, at 7am we're doing this and we're focusing on this brand and developing this. And then, you know, by the afternoon we're on a different brand and we're doing other things, but I have to take a different part of me, almost like acting. You have to change characters and you need to really kind of think in other people's perspectives, especially when you have different clientele. That is so crazy. And I'm like sitting here and it's just so funny because as you're saying that it makes so much sense. But it's also crazy because it's like a lot of people find it hard just to time manage with one brand, really. So is there any tips that you have for time management? Do you time block? Do you like, I know you said you have like a really strict schedule, but do you have like certain days of the week that you do certain things for certain brands on? Yes. So Sundays, I call it soulful Sundays. I try to do, I try to not see anybody on Sundays. I try to do something that's either fitness or wellness related. I go through my schedule for the week. I kind of manifest or just really visualize my week ahead. What are the most important things I need to be doing for each thing? So Sundays are like essentially my prime day. Like I really do spend a few hours on that day to really just, that's a really big thing because I don't like stepping into Monday feeling frazzled or not having the direction. And when you're working for yourself as well, that's a big thing. You can't just wake up and okay, you know, what's, what's someone telling you to do? It's like, no, no, no. You need to decide what you need to do and, and what's most important. So that's my Sunday. Mondays and Tuesdays, I'm very strict. So I try to wake up as early as I can, sometimes six in the morning to spend a good chunk of my morning on anything to do personally, whether it's fitness, meditation, like meal prep, any of that. I always have a list of the things I need to do for that day and I'm crossing it out as we go. And then I think of my morning half, and my afternoon half as kind of two separate days almost. And Monday specifically, that's the one day where I tell people I kick my butt, my own butt on Mondays where I fast all day. I wake up super early, you know, I do really heavy workouts. And then I will actually work until 10 p.m. So during the night block, I actually do online courses or I'm watching YouTube videos on, you know, tips for Shopify, tips for this. Like I'm just constantly trying to just learn more. And I'm and I'm also listening to audiobooks in the morning and then reading physical books at night too. So Mondays are the day where I'm like, nobody talk to me, nobody bother me. These are my power Mondays and I'm going to do a full kind of, you know, 12, 13 hour day, sometimes at my computer, just because that will prime my day, my whole week, essentially. And then Fridays, if you're feeling like, yeah, okay, maybe it's four and I want a cocktail. No problem, because we had such a good, powerful, strong week. So I feel like balance is is key and really blocking out the times of, of let's say, reading. I think that's that's important. Otherwise, you're just never going to do it. Right. And I feel like something that you said was like just really focusing on like personal development and what you need to do for yourself. And then, like you said, powering through that Monday. I feel like that's such a good way to start off your week because you feel like you've gotten so much done for the week and it's only the first day in the week. Exactly. And even let's say today, to be honest, today was not that kind of day. Today, there was a few bumps in the road, but instead of getting upset about it, I was like, Tuesday, we will wake up at six and Tuesday will be my power Monday. And Tuesday, we'll just try to do everything that we didn't get done today. But it's when you mentally can foresee a specific day and say, this is the day I'm not allowing any 
external factors. Maybe there's no meetings that day. Maybe there's, there's just, you block out the world. Maybe you're not on your own Instagram. You're only on your brand's Instagrams. And it's that day where you just are soaking up all the knowledge or just trying to make yourself 2.0 version. Um, I feel like mentally, if you can do that, whether it's a Monday, whether it's a Wednesday, that is important. And then of course, what I said, Sunday is taking out that time, whether it's afternoon or before you go to bed to be like, okay, this is my goals for the next week. And we have to like stay on top of those. Otherwise it's easy to just, <laughs> especially in the summer. <laughs> it's so true. And that's the thing because like I follow your personal page as well. And girl, you live a social life. So I was thinking, how does this girl do it all? But it makes sense what you're saying. And I'm going to take that tip even for myself. And I'm going to have power Mondays because I feel like everybody needs those. And a lot of people say, oh, Monday or this or that. And I'm like, no, it's all about your mentality. It's all about your perception. If you say Monday is going to be the best day of my life, I'm going to get 10 times more done on this day than any of the days, then you look forward to it. And you're like, wow, like, you know, end the day off. Like, okay, like we're amazing. You know, I feel good. And then Monday's usually too. I'm like, no TV. You're at your computer, you're reading, you're doing anything, but doing anything that's relaxing because we can, you know, we'll do that Tuesdays or Wednesdays, but that one day it's just focus times a hundred. I love that girl. I think that's such a like helpful tip and nobody's ever said that before. So I'm like, yes, I'm so excited. I'm going to start doing this, but I have another question for you. So something that you keep saying is, you know, again, with building these multiple brands, it's about who you know, and that's something that's come up a lot of the times in this conversation. So my question for you is, you know, what do you do in terms of spreading the word for your brand? Do you rely on the people that you know or do you rely heavily on social media marketing or is there like something that you really take and just run with your business to get the name out about your brands I'd say the one thing that I'm trying to get more used to is actually promoting my stuff on my regular page but it's because I feel like me myself and my own life that's a different brand altogether if that makes any sense it's more about the maybe the social scene going out charity stuff and then bring that in because that's what people are watching but I I think I just have the insecurity of like like, I don't want my page to become too much business and not enough about me just living and stuff. So I'm, you know, I'm working on that, but I do a lot of engaging with people. So for, for Duchess Luxury, I follow a lot of makeup artists all over the world. I'm constantly commenting and, and looking at stuff and reposting and again, honing into who that market is because even my own personal brand, I think I have like 60% of guys follow me or 50% like it's it's kind of like well they're not really buying lashes or beauty products <laughs> or or gowns so therefore you you really do need to figure out again per brand what you need to do but yeah I do I actually use Facebook too I, I have a big following on Facebook so even when I post little snippets there I get traction my main page and then sometimes I do some some ads if I'm doing sales or something but luckily I do have quite a few good friends that have that constantly either buy my product because they really like it and then they're really generous with either posting about it or letting me use their photos, which I really, really appreciate. So I feel like once you build this community of people that also may have their own brands and businesses or ventures, and you can kind of also give that love back to them, do the same thing for them. And things just kind of eventually grow when, when you're helping other people as well. So 
I love that. It's like about that community, I'm telling you, and like just networking and, and becoming friends with other people, right? Like you just never know. Yeah. yeah, that really is. And I feel like being social, especially in Toronto, that was one of my, probably the best things I could have done. Going to every event, like just never say no. Always be there, always be networking because you never know when you're going to meet somebody that could A, change your life or you'll have a really empowering conversation, which will stimulate something inside of you to think of your next idea or your next move. So it's right. kind of like, just need to be in that realm of thinking on another level not necessarily like I'm going out to party no but I actually you know I'll have a few drinks here and there but if I'm out at something I'm networking I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm shaking hands and saying hellos because you know you need to be around otherwise people will forget about you so there's right. definitely a lot of strategy that I put towards everything that people just wouldn't consider <laughs> that's my little secret <laughs> that's so funny and it's so true because I see you all the time on your Instagram especially pre-COVID I would say like <laughs> out socializing at events and yeah I think networking I feel like a lot of people they shove it under a, like under the rug and it's like that's something that could like you said change your business change your life change you as a person right yeah and I feel like even the people I meet if I get to know somebody and I really like who they are and they said hey Kara this is my pen business I'm so passionate this is my thing my brand this is why this is amazing like say no more I will buy all your pens like <laughs> I always think of it that way too like if people have a connection to me and they genuinely like what I have to offer, I think they'll become a customer. So I think sometimes it's been overthink that step when you can just be like, you know what? If you're a good person, if you support people, if you put yourself out there enough and just kind of talk about why you're passionate about what you're doing, then things kind of come together. But it's definitely helps the more that you can also do that for others. I love that so much. And I feel like it's so powerful what you just said. And, you know, piggybacking on this, you know, events and just like really caring about stuff, you have a foundation, right? Tell us about that and why is it so important for you to give back? Yes. Yeah, so actually, I forgot to mention, but that was the very first brand that I started and that was when I first within the first month of moving to Toronto so when I was 20 I've always been in, involved with doing a lot of charity work and I feel like within working in superficial industries that is the one thing that I'm so generally passionate about that I do because I really love having that feeling of knowing I'm giving back and having these interaction with certain people. So I, I started the Care Bear community when I was 20. I was doing a lot of pageants and they would always tell us, you have to host a charity event on behalf of these charities, you know, as part of the competition. And after doing the first one, you know, that was something I truly did love to do. And I thought I can't genuinely connect to doing something if it's not who I am, but this is who I am. So I'm not just going to stop doing these events because I'm not competing for something or I'm not in a pageant. I said, that's not authentic. That would be me doing something and trying to like, you know, without really kind of continuing that. So okay. I thought, you know what, I'm going to create my own community, the care work community, and I'm going to help staff volunteers get other people involved and use my platform as for good, essentially, not just something that I can always take and always, you know, buy this, buy that. It's like, also, this is what we're doing. If you want to be involved, I'll definitely put my time into making sure you have that experience. So ever since then, we actually host a big charity gala every year. This year would have been my number seven. <laughs> but essentially, as of right now, I think the most money we've raised per event, it was $12,662, something around there. That's all from ticket sales. 
and ticket sales start at $20 and the rest is $25 or by donation. So we just, you know, want people to be there because then we talk about the causes that we're representing. It's not always about the money you raise, but it's more about the exposure and what you're truly representing and doing. But that was that was a big thing for me because in total, I think we've we've definitely hit over 35,000 in these, you know, last years and something that I put on. And, and as the years that we've grown, I've actually, we have volunteers who are really passionate, who help me with the planning process. They help me with, with the models, with the makeup artists, with all the coordination. And it takes so much time and so much energy but the feeling is like, I could get goosebumps. Like it's just the best thing knowing that you're putting all this time into creating such a movement and getting so many other people involved that they wouldn't regularly be involved with. So a little bit more about that is my whole concept was I want to create this charity, but all the money we raise, we are showing the receipts as to where the money goes. So we're not representing any of the big guys. I'm sorry, all the big societies, but you don't need us. All the little guys need us. All the existing guys need us who already have these, you know, small little groups. So I partner with Interval House, Sistering Shelter, Breakfast Club Canada. There's usually about six that I give back to every year after my event. So let's say we raise 10,000. I bring out the list of people who we're giving to and I just split it up and I say, here's a check for you. Here's a check for you. We don't take anything. We wow. do not take anything. So the whole point of it is we're doing this to truly give back. And then we work with these charities all year round on certain initiatives and we see where the money goes. So if someone's like, Kara, I want to give a hundred dollars and I want you to do a street mission, then I would take that hundred dollars and maybe some volunteers to the dollar store and we'd get a hundred dollars worth of toiletries or hats and mittens. And then we'd go to the streets and we'd deliver them. That was another part too, was how can I get other people involved? How can I show people how such a little amount of money can actually help so many people? Like in one street mission, I could give out 10 hats and socks and lip chaps, especially when it's cold out and the people on the streets are so grateful. And I know that that is truly going to be used. Just like as if we were cold on those days where we would probably say, I will buy a pair of gloves for $100. I'm so cold. My fingers are going to fall off. And I always think these, this actually means so much to these people. So that's another, another thing that we do. And I've expanded that to do worldwide street missions. So for people who go to developing countries, I tell them ahead of time, let me know if you want to do a street mission, I will fully fund it up to $100, but you have to show me the receipts and I will reimburse you and just obviously give to the people in that developing country. Girl, that is so crazy goosebumps because I feel like just the fact that, like you said, like this started from something inside of a pageant and you realize like that's something that's really actually near and dear to your heart. And I love the name, by the way. <laughs> Character is so cute. But it's just so amazing. I feel like it's really important, especially as entrepreneurs, like money is energy. So it's important to give back and to have purpose behind what you're doing and have something that you're kind of doing good for the community and giving back, right? Yeah. And I feel like as well as an entrepreneur across the board, you know, men, women, we're constantly always saying, I hope this happens. I, I hope my sales goals hit this. I hope, you know, this works out here. We're always constantly in this ask of the universe or ask of other people or, you know, and I always think to myself with such high expectations for good things to come to us, what are we putting out there? that even makes us worthy of, of even getting that, you know, so like, true. what have you done for your community lately that has really, you've been giving, but we're always just asking to receive. We're always just, 
you know, oh, this, this has to happen for me because I deserve it. So I really, I constantly think about that rule in my life. And I use the Instagram, the Kerber community to either promote what other people are doing, if they're doing good in their community, but they don't want to post about it. I'm like, let me post about it or, or just post about trending topics, whether it's to do with, you know, mental health awareness, whatever going is going on. Constantly prove to people like we're doing this stuff all year round. Some of the times I, I don't post about it, especially if it's me just handing out stuff on the streets. I'm not going to, Right. I'm very careful with that. I'm, I'm not, I'm not into taking photos of the people's faces. Like it's kind of like a time and a place per situation, but yeah, it's very, very like something I'm passionate about. You can totally tell if you guys saw Kara's face right now, like she is so passionate about this. <laughs> that is so amazing. And that's why I really wanted to like ask you more about it because I noticed that it's something that you post about quite a lot. So mm -hmm. that is so amazing. And honestly, I feel so inspired just to do stuff on my own too. So I feel like just seeing somebody else taking that initiative, it like really prompts other people to do the same thing, right? Which is so important. Yeah. And I think my goal would be if I was able to introduce somebody to think like, oh, it's raining out. I should bring some extra umbrellas in case there's people on the streets who need them. And if I was able to put that thought into somebody else's head and then they actually thought of that on their own and they did that, that to me is like, oh, like that is something that's like, that's the whole reason why I'm so passionate about that because I feel like it takes us as leaders to be able to start those initiatives and especially to younger demographics. And, and I know slightly off topic, but I feel like being in, being in, you know, let's say the modeling world and working, you know, even with other luxury brands that I have in the past, as much as I love it and I'm passionate about that, I know at the end of the day, it, it's not real life. It's, it's, they are things and they're like, you, you kind of need to also be true to who you are. And I feel like this younger generation, it's now being overcast with so much perfection and polish 24 seven on their right. feet that it's not somebody being like, yeah, I'm in this world, but this is also really important. And don't forget, like, you know, something that maybe you could put in your life. And, you know, I think we need more of that when more influencers influencing bigger causes. Right. And I feel like that's something so important. And I'm so happy that you brought that up. And I feel like you are totally a role model for all the little girls out there, girl, like just the way that you present yourself online is just in such a polished, but humble way. So it's so amazing. Amazing. And honestly, it's been such an honor having you on the podcast. I've got one last question for you. And it's what is your favorite boss girl quote and why? I would say one that I constantly tell myself, maybe a few, one would be addicted to winning, which is a, something I always put in my mind as far as every aspect of life. Like, try your hardest because you need to unleash that potential of what you have. Like, always strive to the top. Not, not just business, but whatever you're doing, put that passion into it and don't just half-ass it because you'll never know your true potential unless you really make those sacrifices or put yourself in a place where you can get to that level of, of such. And another one, which is very near and dear to my heart, would be the concept of don't carry the weight of trauma or negativity of situations that have happened to you in the past. Don't let your past dictate your future. I feel like you should spend time separate from everything, getting through maybe things that you've gone through, but you should never let that hinder your ability to succeed. Right. I love 
love that so much. I feel like both are so different, but so good and juicy at the same time. (laughs) It's like, I wouldn't be able to choose just one. And I feel like you said, like one, it's like always strive to be better, always strive for that next step. But then also like, I think as women, especially, and women in business, we always carry traumas or failures. And, you know, they're so heavy on our hearts. And sometimes it causes us to give up or not take that step that we need to, that we're ready to take just from the fear of past experiences. So I feel like that was such a good one, girl. I'm going to have to like put it on a post-it note on my mirror because it was so good. Yeah. You can't let your past dictate your future, essentially. (laughs) as a shorter quote and I that is the biggest rule I think I live by and I've had a time in my life where that's a whole other podcast that's a whole deeper darker situation but those times remind me that like we cannot let what things happen in those years dictate the ability to be successful or a wonderful person or or anything else so I think as much as we're going through a harder time this year a lot of people are struggling in their own ways and what we're going through you you can't let next year be a flop because this year was hard for you like you just you know we just need to constantly be shutting all of that negativity and just keep your your eyes focused on the prize i love that so much girl it has been such an honor having you thank you so much for joining us on the podcast tell us how we can stay connected with you and if you have any upcoming launches that we should know about yes so my personal instagram is who is Kara Granger. <laughs> my suit line is Kara Louise Collection. My cosmetics are Duchess Luxury Lashes. And my charity group is called The Care Bear Community. And the most current launch I have will actually be this Friday for my lashes. I will be cutting the prices in half on a certain style because I don't do Black Friday on Black Friday. I'm a little different. I like to do things completely off the beaten path. So I'm doing an early Black Friday sale this Friday. But other than that, and if anybody ever wants to reach out and do some charity work or have me fund a street mission or an initiative, please let me know. I'm obviously extremely passionate about that. And I love getting to know more people who like to do that kind of work as well. That is so awesome. Thank you so much, girl. We will make sure to tag all of Kara's information in the show notes below. Thank you again, Kara, for joining us on the podcast. And I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. Until next time, stay social. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Hey Social Babes podcast. If you liked this episode, don't forget to share it to your Instagram stories. And until next time, stay social.